With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to That's Good Sports. I am Brandon. This show officially broadcasts in higher resolution than the NFL draft will Perna. Adam Schefter confirmed what I thought we already knew, but the NFL... GMs and head coaches will definitely be drafting from their homes in about two weeks. The interesting twist is there can be no gatherings by team officials, so everyone will be on their own, all alone, with their only human connections being digitally. I couldn't even imagine what that is like. Rob Gronkowski wins his first WWE belt on his first try, and legendary kicker Tom Dempsey passes away from the coronavirus at age 73. All that today on That's Good Sports. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good. I bet you thought, with no NBA, NHL, or MLB, that there would be nothing to bet on. Well, that would be a losing bet. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of sports events and games to wager on. Or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. All open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the freaking weather. Visit their website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Not surprisingly, pass interference replay will not be back in 2020. Uh, We learned after week two last season, the officials were not even going to attempt to review pass interference with integrity. Now, I knew this wasn't going to work the moment they flagged Jameis Winston for interfering with passes and refused to overturn it when Bruce Arians pleaded that Winston was the quarterback to no avail. Sorry, Bruce, but if we can't see the nearest player the pass was intended for on the replay screen, the penalty goes to Jameis. That would have actually been funny. The NFL did release its all-decade team, and this is a, a significant honor to be named to. But its sole purpose, like any sports list, is to piss people off about the worthy players left off of the list. For example, Jason Kelsey was trending because football fans were pissed. Alex Mack and Marquise Pouncey were the centers named over Jason. Uh, To that I say, let's stop pretending like any of us know what a good center looks like. I'm just going to put the offensive and defensive players list up on the screen right now because I'm not going to sit here and read through all of their names like it's graduation day or some shit. What I will point out is that there were eight unanimous selections. On the defensive side of the ball, it was Aaron Donald, J.J. Watt, and Von Miller. On the offensive side, FYTB, who became the first quarterback in NFL history to make the all-decade team twice, Joe Thomas, Marshall Yonda, and Adrian Peterson, and special teamer Justin Tucker. 
Now it's pretty awesome to see Von Miller on that list along with Chris Harris Jr. making the All-Decade team. In fact, per Ryan O'Halloran, four undrafted players made the list. Chris Harris, Jason Peters, Justin Tucker, and Johnny Hecker. So two kickers and two football players. And I think for every undrafted player that makes the All-Decade team an NFL draft scout, should be publicly flogged while all of his higher graded players at the position are read aloud by an old timey newsboy. Please grab young Sarah extra, extra. Now since I pretend to be a real sports show, here's a hot take. Listen up undisputed and first take or get off or whatever the fuck your shows are called. Matt Prater should be the second kicker on that list, not Steven Gostowski. Gostowski has a higher career field goal percentage, yes, at 87.4 to Prater's 83.8. No kicker since 2010 has been better from 50 plus yards than Matt Prater. And I say that only after looking at Matt Prater and Steven Gostowski's stats. Since 2010, Prater has Gooch slayed 46 kicks over 50 yards. Gostowski has only made 25 his entire career, and that doesn't even factor into the fact that Matt Prater holds the record for longest field goal in NFL history made in 2013 in single-digit weather. That's my spicy take. Now, I think you could also argue Russell Wilson should be on the list over Aaron Rodgers, but we all know the NFL is biased towards Danica Patrick over Ciara. You never had a chance, Russell. I do love safety Eric Berry, which you know is a significant compliment since he plays for the Chiefs, or played for the Chiefs, but considering he has only played in about five full seasons since 2010, it's an interesting choice. If he played half the decade, then Peyton Manning should be on the list as well. More Super Bowl appearances than Aaron Rodgers, one Super Bowl win, and he set the record for most touchdown passes in a single season. But I digress. I think you could put Harrison Smith and or Cam Chancellor on the list ahead of Eric Berry. And I believe Aqib Tlaib should be on there at corner over Patrick Peterson. Aqib Tlaib has one more pick than Patrick Peterson in that time. And 10 more touchdowns. 10 fucking pick sixes for Aqib Tlaib since 2010. He also has a slightly better reception percentage allowed, recovered from a self-inflicted gunshot wound in months without getting suspended or missing a game, threatened to assault Harry Douglas. It was a dirty play by a sorry player. He don't do nothing. He come to the game, don't catch no passes. He come to the game to chop guys from the back. And he got the same agent as me, so when I see his ass in that land, I'ma beat his ass. And stole jewelry mid-game twice. In terms of crime to punishment ratio, no corner has been more elusive than Aqib Tlaib. And we do have more news on the terrible Rams logo. I thought there was hope for Rams fans when Kevin Demoff, who is the Rams COO, and not a guy who only jerks off Democrats like his name would suggest, tweeted that they acknowledge the fan criticism and will strive to get better through the feedback. Then he read some of the mean, and I assure you these were not the meanest tweets about the Rams designs. There's a Rams logo to make. What is it between? Trash and hot garbage. <laughs> if you're loyal from toilet paper, don't worry. You can now get it on the NFL shop. Hashtag Rams. It's a little bit more expensive than regular toilet paper. The new LA logo definitely appeals to the younger generation since it looks like an effing tide pod. Now, Dimoff said they would read the mean tweets if their telethon raised over $2 million, which they did for the United Way and the LA Food Bank. That is very fucking commendable. 
However, Demoth did not stick the landing. Raising money for a great cause, 10 out of 10. Acknowledging your design is terrible and having fun with it, 10 out of 10. Doing something to correct that, 0 out of 10. Boo! Boo, Demoth! You did nothing. You admitted that your logo sucks and then did nothing about it. The fans hate it. Rambassador and the greatest Ram to ever do it, Eric Dickerson, didn't even need to put on his famous goggles to know the design was putrid, but he took his voice and the voice of the fans straight to the Rams' front office, only to be told, we ain't gonna change shit. Our goal is to make sure fans don't think paying Jared Goff $100 million was our biggest mistake is probably what they said. Now, the worst part of the new Rams logo, which I haven't discussed yet, uh, besides every line used to create it in Adobe Illustrator, is that they stole this design from Angelo State University. That's right, a D2 school in San Angelo, Texas, probably had some freshman college student graphic design on a line made it in about six minutes. And then there was some lazy designer in LA who was like, oh shit. I forgot I have this Rams logo deadline today. I better steal something off the internet really quick so I don't get fired. Uh, let me Google search D2 Rams football teams in Texas. Yeah, California despises Texas. No way they'll double check Texas. Uh, boom, Angelo State. No way they picked this design. No way they picked this design. Oh, fuck, they're picking my design. Kevin Demoff is such a douche canoe with a pack. Bill O'Brien believes the Texans got appropriate value for DeAndre Hopkins. Again, O'Brien is the only guy to not get at least a first-round pick in exchange for a number one a number one wide receiver in a trade. But now the trade is in jeopardy of being finalized as neither Hopkins or Johnson has passed their physicals yet. And it's kind of ridiculous that because of coronavirus, Bill O'Brien may get a chance to redeem himself at this point with these uh, trade agreements that are in place but not official uh, could be negated if one or both players don't pass their physicals. If given a second chance, I firmly believe Bill O'Brien will still fuck up this trade. The chances of him ending up with Sony Michelle and a conditional seventh round pick if given another stab at this whole scenario is about 100%. Moving on, uh, Tom Dempsey passed away from the coronavirus over the weekend. I believe he is the first former NFL player that this has happened to. Dempsey played from 1969 to 1979 for the Saints, Eagles, Rams with the cool logo, the Oilers, and the Bills. Dempsey kicked well before my time, but I remember him from the NFL Films videos. He was born without any toes or fingers on his right foot and right hand, so he wore a special shoe as a kicker and then set the record for longest field goal in NFL history at 63 yards in 1970 that stood until Jason Elam tied that record in 1998 and then was broken again by Matt Prater with the 64-yarder in 2013. Now, Dempsey had been suffering from Alzheimer's disease since 2012 and tested positive for COVID-19 on March 25th. He contracted the virus at the assisted living facility where he was residing and was said to have recovered from COVID-19 a few days ago. But the news today said he died from complications from the virus. Uh, pretty shitty news all around, knowing he was suffering from Alzheimer's disease for so long. Uh, but I wanted to take it the... the uh, 
a minute here to honor Tom Dempsey, who is probably one of the most unique players to ever play in the NFL. And finally, Rob Gronkowski has won a WWE title, I think. Outside of the Bella Twins, I do not know much about the WWE. My sources tell me, though, that Gronk pinned Mojo Raleigh, and if the title holder is pinned by any other wrestler to the count of three, he loses his belt. Those are thine rules of wrestling. Honestly, Gronk should demand that the refs count his pins like one, two, 69, nice. Gronk pinned Raleigh in very Gronk-like fashion. He jumped from some high platform into a hive of brawling wrestlers, knocking them all down like a bowling ball, and then pinned Raleigh while all the other wrestlers were laying there trying not to die. It is nice to see that Gronk has finally found his true calling. Going from the New England Patriots to the WWE is like going from working for the CIA to managing the ball pit at Chuck E. Cheese. Two jobs I was told I was not qualified for, but somehow Gronk is perfect at both. Thanks for watching another episode of That's Good Sports. Please subscribe here on YouTube. Wednesday, we will be dropping the best named players in the NFL draft, an annual tradition some of you look forward to here. Good, yeah, yeah. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good.